As we step into the message this week, we are beginning a four-week miniature series. It's not really a sermon series, but we're spending time in Mark chapter 6. The chapter's broken down into four different sections, and we're going to spend time on each one of those sections, learning about and digging into who Jesus was, what he was doing, and how he was sending his disciples into the world. We get a very specific picture of how he does that in this first part of Mark chapter 6. Jesus spends some time in his hometown. He preaches there. He teaches in the synagogue. He even performs some miracles, but ultimately the people do not believe in him. And then Jesus still sends his disciples out into the surrounding area to, to spread his message. As we think about what that means, as we hear that story read from the gospel of Mark, and as we spend time on what it means for us that those things took place, what's the lesson that speaks into our lives from that historical narrative that still carries so much meaning for us even today? So listen into these short verses from Mark chapter 6, and then we'll spend some time thinking about and reflecting on them together. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus went from village to village, teaching the people. And he called his twelve disciples together and began sending them out two by two. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. Before we can think about what that means for us, we do need to fill in some of the gaps and give you some of the context to that story. You see, Jesus was ultimately a teacher. He came into the world to establish the beginning of the kingdom of God in a new way, fulfilling the messianic covenant. That is, he was the answer, the fulfillment of the promise God made to bring about salvation, redemption, reconciliation between God and man for all people. And he chose to do that through his people, Israel. Through the Jewish nation, God said, I'm going to bring about a savior for the world, a ruler for the world through them. And Jesus comes onto the scene 2,000 years ago, and he begins teaching this truth. He is the way to knowing God the Father. He is the authority on earth to forgive sins, to heal diseases, to even cast out evil spirits. And as he was spreading that message, he would take time in the synagogues in each of these little towns. It's almost uh, like the churches at the time. These were where the Jewish people would gather to hear the word read from the Old Testament scriptures. And so Jesus would go into those places, read from the scriptures, and then teach how he was the answer to those promises, to those prophecies. At first, people were impressed when they heard his message. They thought, wow, this is someone who teaches with authority. He knows what he's talking about. But when he was in his hometown, these are the people that knew him and knew his family. They saw him grow up. And so when he was speaking with authority, when he was claiming to be the Messiah, they began to scratch their heads. Who is this Jesus guy? Who does he think that he is? What is he talking about? We know him. We know where he came from. There's no way that he is who he says he is. And in those questions, they began to doubt. And in their doubt, they began to reject Jesus. They didn't believe his message, and they didn't want him speaking in their town anymore. They didn't want to see him perform miracles. So why would Jesus perform miracles there if they weren't even going to give him the credit 
as the one who performed those things taking place. And so the scriptures tell us he left his hometown. But then the scriptures tell us here in Mark chapter 6 that he did something else. He gathered his disciples together and sent them out on a mission to that area and the surrounding areas, two by two, six pairs of guys going out to tell the people to repent of their sin and turn back to God. Jesus knew people were not ready to hear his message. They knew he would be, they, uh, Jesus knew he would ultimately be rejected by them. And so he stepped into that world and he sent his disciples into those communities to remind them of who he truly was. He was saying, you might not believe what I've told you, but you need to recognize that I am the Savior God promised. I am the Redeemer of the, the people Israel and the Savior of all the world. And so he still sent his disciples into those different places despite their doubt and disbelief. There's two lessons that I hear that I find when I spend time reflecting and meditating on this word from the disciple, from from the writer of the Gospel of Mark. And that's this. First of all, when it comes to the action of Jesus, which is always the most important, we have a Savior who is patient, committed, and dedicated to sticking around, to, to, to sharing his gospel, to sharing his message, even in the face of disbelief and rejection. We have a Savior who loves us to the point of seeing us without that, that, that sickness of sin, without that rejection on our lips. He sees us as his beloved people, a people he is dedicated to saving, dedicated to knowing, dedicated to reconciling in their relationship to God the Father. And so even though he was not believed, even though he was rejected by his people, he still again and again and again spoke the truth to the people then. And as we hear his word from the Bible, and as we hear his word spoken to us from teachers and from preachers, again and again, Jesus is patiently reminding us who he is, the the, the Lord of our lives, not only the Savior who brings us to heaven, but the one who reconciles our earthly lives today. We have a relationship with God because of who Jesus is and what he has done. And we only know about it because of his patient, dedicated commitment to sharing the truth of his message with each of us. So first and foremost, that lesson is Jesus doesn't give up. Jesus doesn't turn away at rejection and instead he presses deeper and harder into that message of truth and forgiveness. Jesus doesn't give up. The second lesson I hear in these verses is that if the people who knew Jesus on a personal level, his own hometown, if they questioned who Jesus was, they had seen him grow up, they knew his behavior, they saw his relationship with his family, if even they rejected Jesus when he stepped into their synagogue and preached the truth to them, how much more likely is it that you and I also struggle with that rejection, with that disbelief? You know, we might not say, oh, Jesus, I don't believe in you. Oh, Jesus, get out of town. We know who you are. But there are certain things in my life where I think, you know what, God, I can handle that little problem. I can handle that little relationship. Oh, I can handle that nasty habit. We each have these little things that we hold on to as our own and try to say to God, you know what, I can take care of this. You can have everything else. Well, here's the thing about Jesus' message to the world when he came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. Everything was under his authority. 
all parts of creation and human living are under Jesus' authority. He is the ruler of every aspect of our lives. And it can be the hardest thing for us to trust God with this relationship or trust God with this problem or trust God with this habit or this personality trait. We think we have so much control over these things that give us trouble or or take our attention away from God. And Jesus is saying, even those things, I need you to believe in me with. Because when we don't give those things to God, we're saying to Jesus, I don't believe that your message of being the ruler over my life applies to this. And yet Jesus patiently invites us to slowly open up our hearts and lives, to welcome him in as the authority over even those little things that we think we need to have the control over. And when we trust God with those, whatever they are, with those issues, with those problems, with those relationships, It's amazing what God can do to work healing and redemption even in those places. Sure, not every relationship is going to end up in in roses and hugs. And not every sickness is going to be healed before we die. But when we trust God with those things, He has a way of transforming our understanding of them. So that even in those troubling and difficult times, we can be sharing His message of the truth to the people around us. Jesus sent his disciples in six pairs out to those surrounding areas. Jesus sends you and I as his people too. We each have experienced and heard his message and we believe in what he says. How can we then share that belief, share that truth with the world around us? As you go about uh, your week after hearing this message, just know this. Jesus doesn't give up on you, even though we struggle to give him control over all our lives. But when we do, He has a way of using those things to share the truth and joy of his gospel with the world around us.